Oh my goodness. I We might as well have done midship detective with her because I was like, okay, you take these floors, I take yeah. these floors <laughs> and literally sweeping zigzag and yeah. forth up and down. So I got to know the ship very well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that's actually just, the best way to get to know the ship is doing the midship detective agency. Oh, and add a rush to it if you're trying to find yeah. a kid. <laughs> you're trying to find a kid. You're in a panic. You're, yeah, to find your <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and Sam what time is it it's review time it's good it's because i time. i'm feeling like i need another cup of coffee right now and but you know what i feel like maybe the review will give me the like little bump that i need the little bit of adrenaline or like natural caffeine that i need today Sure. Why not? Yes, you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. Okay. So this five-star review comes from Brian Harlow, who writes best Disney cruise info. Brian and Sam provide outstanding information on what to expect on your Disney cruise. Getting ready to do our second cruise this year on the Disney Wish. We just sailed on the Disney Dream. DCL Duo is our go-to information resource. Well, thank you, Brian. You also spell your name correctly. I'm sorry for all Brian's out there with a Y, but the I spelling is the appropriate and preferred spelling, in my opinion. So you know, thank you funny. for that review. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask you, how does Brian spell his his name <laughs> with an I or a Y? So that's good. Don't that worry. You, uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't read a five star review from a from a B R Y A N. That's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. If you if you are a Brian out there who spells it with a Y, we still love you. Please keep listening to the show. We will read your reviews on the air if you leave them. So, but anyway, with that, Sam, you want to intro our guest and topic for the day? Yes, I am so excited to talk to a first-time Disney cruiser. So not first-time cruiser, but first-time Disney cruiser and first-time guest to our show. Tabitha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. I'm super excited. Oh, yay. Well, we're excited to have you on because you went on one of our favorite itineraries, of course. But before we dive into talking about your cruise and planning for your cruise, we need to know your cruise and Disney credentials. As I mentioned, this is a first time Disney cruise, but I understand you actually have some experience on other cruise lines. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to go back to childhood, right? My dad, we lived in Wyoming. I'm not sure, right? landlocked, not a lot around, not a lot to do. Not a lot uh, of cruises nearby either. <laughs> no, not even Not close. even river cruises. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, none of that exists there. So my dad, my aunt was fortunate enough. She moved out. She's about 20 minutes away from Anaheim. And so when I was little, that was what brought me the love of Disney. My dad would take me out there on trips when I was little. I love looking back at the pictures, right? And seeing, especially the evolution of Disney, right? and how things have changed. And so fast forward to adulthood, we had our daughter and decided, you know what, it's time we get back to the Disney, all the Disney things. And so we took her when she was two and a half and it just hasn't stopped, right? So now exploring all of the things, Disney World. And then we had the opportunity to go to Disneyland Paris last Christmas. And then after that, we decided, you know what, a cruise. We've done a cruise before. We've done a princess cruise. My husband and I did a back-to-back -back Eastern and Western on princess right after we were married and enjoyed the cruising, but never really gave it another thought. And This sounds like a very her. familiar story. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except celebrity for us and princess for you. Yeah. Right after we got married. Yeah. And just didn't really think about like, oh, maybe we should do it again. Right. Careers, things and like that nature were starting and then had our daughter and she is she's close to Nathan's age. So she's 11. And it was one of those things where I want to make sure she can experience cruising as a younger child, not super young, but young Mm -hmm. enough to fit in that in-between kids club stage before she gets too old to experience that. And so Disney Cruise, here we go. And listening to podcasts, right? Like Ah. that was the evolution of the podcasting, right? Disneyland podcast, Disney World podcast. Hey, let's dabble in some Disney Cruise podcasts. Love it. Awesome. Now, what made you choose the Disney Fantasy, a seven night Eastern Caribbean itinerary as your first cruise? Was there anything particular about the length, the time of year, and of course, the the ports that attracted you for that particular itinerary? Oh, absolutely. So like I said, we had done a back-to-back princess cruise and it was seven days each. So it ended up being 14 days. And from what I had heard from everyone, right, listening to podcasts and things is, and knowing my experience that seven days was perfect. Seven days was just enough versus listening to some others on your show and other shows that, you know, that three night, four night, ah, it's too quick. We don't have all the time to do the things. And I want to do all the things or as many as possible. And so that was the reason for the seven day timing wise. I am in the teaching industry. And so summer's where it's at. Oh, yeah. School breaks. Yep. School (laughs) breaks. And then as far as the itinerary on the back to back princess cruise, my husband and I had gone to St. Martin, St. Thomas, Jamaica, things like that. So we wanted at least one stop that was different. Mm -hmm. And Puerto Rico was it. I work with a gal who is from Puerto Rico and just listening to her talk and all of that, I was like, yep, that's it. We've got to go to Puerto Rico. Awesome. You know, that's the one port in Eastern slash Southern Caribbean itineraries on Disney that I still have not gone to. We were supposed to on our Southern Caribbean cruise in 2019, but there were protests going on. So they ended up swapping out San Juan for St. Thomas. And we love St. Thomas, great port, of course, but I still really want to get to San Juan because I have just never been there ever in my life. Brian has been there when he was, I think, a kid or a teenager. So anyway, I am very jealous that you got to go to to San Juan. Let's let's talk a little bit about the planning process. You mentioned, you know, you listened to podcasts, including ours, but what did your like individual planning process entail? Let's talk about even before you're sort of actually booking on, you know, onboard activities. Like what what kinds of things were you like researching from the get-go? Um, we knew that this, well, actually I'm going to go back because what really sparked this was the 25th anniversary sailing, right? Ah. That, that was really, honestly, I forgot about that. That's actually what really drew us in because when we went to Paris, it was their 30th. We had made it to Disney world on their 50th and we're like, Hey, why not throw another anniversary sailing in there? And so that was what really drew us into that idea. And so 
as soon as I knew it was going to be that, I started following people on Instagram, looking at things on Pinterest, watching mm-hmm. YouTube videos as far as what were they experiencing? What did their experience look like on a traditional sailing versus um, this anniversary sailing? What did I have to look forward to? What were some of the snafus on some of those sailings? And sure. basically, what were people saying? And so that's really where I started the research. I love Pinterest. I'm a diehard Pinterest fan. Oh, yeah. Cre- yeah, created my boards, Your have boards. My boards ready to go <laughs> with all the things. And so looking at and even basic Disney cruises, what did I need to know mm-hmm. about packing, transportation? What does embarkation look like? Um, you know, and Pinterest does such a great job of really narrowing these those things down specifically mm-hmm. so that I can look for just the things that I am focused on at that point. And really using the podcast to guide my direction, right? Mm. Listening, searching for those podcasts that say things to do, things not to do, and really taking note of that and just keeping that at the forefront of my mind as I'm getting ready to plan and really start committing to things. That was the biggest thing. Now commitment, right? I know the things. Now I got to commit to them. Right. I've got to actually book things and decide, you know, to put money towards them. Absolutely. Let's talk about your, your daughter. What, if anything, did you do to sort of prepare her for the cruise? This be, this being her first actual cruise at all. Right. So what, what kinds of things did, did did she watch YouTubes? Did you just talk about it? Did you get the unofficial guides? I mean, what were the, kinds of things that you use to prepare her? I think really just letting her watch some of the videos like, hey, come here, come watch this. But really treading that fine line of keeping some things as a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, before we got started, he's like, do you have to watch a video on everything? <laughs> you have to listen to all the things. You're mm-hmm. going to ruin the surprise. And my response was always, I, like, you don't have to do it. But I want to make sure that we maximize our time. You know, we get seven, seven days, seven nights to maximize every opportunity. And I don't want to forget anything, or at least if if we forget it or aren't able to do it, I at least know that I have it to go back to. And so with my daughter, I would show her things. But the one thing we kept secret was animator's palette. She is she is an artist through and through. And that was the one thing I made sure to keep secret. I showed her videos of the kids clubs Mm -hmm. so that she kind of knew what to expect there and gave her the description so that she could say, oh yeah, this one seems like a better fit for me. She was able to ask questions and I could research them and find out like, oh, this person said this, this person said that. And so that she was informed about her decisions. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's great. I think you do want to leave, you know, some, let's call it mystery, right? I don't think, I think looking at videos of like ship tours and, you know, pictures of different spaces, I think those are great way to prep kids without maybe showing them the show, right? Like I'm not going to show, I'm not going to watch the stage show from someone's, you know, random, you know, phone video (laughs) or even, or even watch the entire, you know, deck party, for example, right? Like, but, you know, watching a video that has maybe a snippet of the deck party and pictures of what the deck looks like or video of what the deck looks like. I think those are great ways to sort of familiarize yourself and your children with what, they're going to be, you know, seeing and experiencing without 
ruining the magic of you know showing them at literally literally every every detail which you can do frankly there's enough videos out there on youtube that if you want to see every inch of the disney fantasy you probably can <laughs> and probably every stage show and and some of the variety acts as well <laughs> uh, because people tape everything nowadays all the things yeah. So what about the booking process? You know, you are, well, now you're a Castaway Club member, but prior to this, you were a first time cruiser. So you have, of course, the last possible booking window for a seven night cruise, which is, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of pearl, platinum, gold, and silver club members on board your sailing, particularly during the summer. It's probably a full capacity sailing. But what were the things you were, looking or hoping to book when your window opened? And were you able to actually book those things? Let's talk about before getting on board. Yeah. So it was really interesting timing. I just happened to be home in Wyoming for a family emergency. And so our window came down to get ready to book. And I knew a couple things I wanted to focus on was the royalty. My my kiddo's not really into that per se, mm-hmm. but I knew it was one thing we could do together before she ages out. Again, going right. back to that age, she's getting ready to age out of some of those things. And so I wanted to make sure I got that. Polo, brunch, like it was in there, but not a must do. Mm-hmm. Again, back to my husband's rationale, like <laughs> we're already we're already paying for the cruise. Why do I need to pay for more <laughs> for food yeah, for yeah. extras? That wasn't super important. And then I heard like the royal court gathering. That was another hot ticket item. Sure. So those were a couple of the things that I wanted to make sure to get. And then port excursions. I think this is something that went into my planning to think about too, backing up a little bit is that when we first did our cruise, our back-to-back one, you know, that was pre-Pinterest. I don't know how I heard it, maybe Googling it or whatnot, an article of some sorts. But a lot of people had suggested, hey, you know, try looking at booking outside the cruise ship. Sure. Try not booking through them. Sometimes you can get more intimate experiences. They offer different things, easy to Be- navigate. Yeah. And so better price, of course, is I think the big one when you book directly with a third party instead of through not just Disney, but really any cruise line. Cause they because they're taking a cut. That's really the difference. Is if you're paying the vendor directly, the cruise line is not taking a cut. If you're paying the cruise line directly, then it, they're splitting that money. Right. So then it was one of those things where I was like, okay, if we don't get it on here, if all the the hot ticket ones are gone or we see something that we liked and it's gone, I knew in the back of my head that I can plan for something else. Like it's not a sure. loss. It's not a complete loss. And so when booking officially opened, right, it's going like hotcakes. I'm in a different time zone. Mm-hmm. I'm a little distracted. I'm trying to consult with them and say, hey, this is available. Do you right. want to do it? Do you not <laughs> want to do it? Right. You're not with your husband and your daughter no. in the same room, of course. No. So it was a lot of back and forth. Like, do you want me to do it? Okay, I'll do it. Or no, don't do that. So it became kind of this ah, mad dash rush to do the things. Um, But we ended up booking one directly through Disney for St. Martin and then outside of Disney for Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's a that's a smart, I think, way to do it. And, you know, it it is it is as long just make sure for our listeners out there, if you're new to cruising and you're going to explore doing an excursion on your own, I just always remind folks, read the fine print 
Yeah. Like, make sure you understand because the key difference between booking your excursion with the cruise line and booking your excursion not with the cruise line is that Disney will make sure that you are reunited with the ship if one of your excursions is late. And in fact, most often they just hold the ship because it's a busload of people that they need to get back on the ship. If it's a private tour operator you've booked on your own and they encounter a difficulty and you're running behind, uh, then you need to understand if that tour operator is going to do anything to help you reunite with the ship. We just talked to, and I think the episode will be out ahead of this one with Mikhail and Dan, and they were mentioning that you know they like to support from sometimes sailing and they like to support local tour providers and local businesses. Great thing to do. And they also mentioned a lot of times that they're working with the cruise lines. They, they understand that like they can't, they can't make mistakes that make people miss their ship or else they won't, they won't continue yeah. their business. But I still advocate just read the fine print, read the fine. Yeah. Print. And some of those, and some of those providers do provide that same guarantee that they will reunite you with the ship. If you, you know, if you have some a delay them, or yeah. something, some of them, not all of them, but nobody wants to be reunited with the ship at the next port. You want to get on the ship at that, you know, at your all aboard or before your all aboard time. So just put that out there. But I think in a place like San Juan, you're pretty safe. It's part of the US. Obviously, it's a little bit easier to book things and communicate and and all of that. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good strategy. Now, for your planning side of things, I'm curious as to whether you felt like this process was similar to or different from your planning for your princess back-to-back cruises that you had done um, years before. Now, of course, this is a different time. So as you mentioned, Pinterest wasn't a thing yet. So obviously, whatever resources you had were different. But do you, do you recall the booking, the ease of the booking process? Or you know, was it difficult to get you know, excursions or, or other things that you wanted? If I recall, I don't think it was difficult at all for the simple fact that I think we just, if I'm not mistaken, I think we booked it on our own, right? No travel agent, no nothing like that. Booked it on our own. And then if I look back and I think we did a, almost all, but I think one excursion outside of princess. And so maybe that maybe I had it in my mind, like, this is the way I'm going to do it versus sitting there and trying to find something. We had heard recommendations do one of the excursions in Jamaica and book it through the cruise line Mm -hmm. for that simple fact of travel and the ease of getting around and getting to do the things kind of for that guarantee, right? They're not going to leave without us if we're with the cruise line. Yeah. So easy, I think easy planning. And again, it was just a different mindset. Like it was a woohoo, like we'll just roll with it. Right. Right. Of course. Of course. Now you mentioned something that I want to point out to people listening about the Royal Court tea. So for those who don't know what this is, this is an add on experience, meaning you have to pay for this experience for both adults and children. The child's cost is actually quite expensive. It's over $200. I want to say it's maybe like around $270 or $280 for the child. And then it's like $70 or $80 per adult. And I'm not getting the prices exact. So that's why I'm giving you the approximate. You can only do this experience if there is a child in your party between the ages of three and 12. So you can't do it with an infant and you can't do it with a teenage uh, child and you can't do it if you're adults only. So you have to have a child that is attending in your party and it is essentially a princess tea 
that's the best way to describe it. It's a it's an opportunity to take pictures with the princesses. And the reason that the child's price is so much more than the adult's price is that they leave with a bunch of gifts. And it's like a tea set. And, a, and they have changed the gifts recently. It used to be a, a, a princess doll, I believe, like a Cinderella doll. And then they recently changed the gifts. So they're a little bit more gender inclusive, let's say, versus before they had a specific girl gift and a specific boy gift. But anyway, people tend to really enjoy it. I've heard, I've heard from folks who've done it more than once. I've also heard from folks who say it's a one and done. There is a lot of food tea sandwiches and desserts and things like that that are served at this. And it's usually just one afternoon on a, a, an, on your sailing. It is not on the Wish. The Wish has the Olaf's Royal Picnic as the, essentially, it's a, a very similar experience, but Frozen and Olaf themed specifically. So, and you mentioned the Royal Gathering, which is another experience I just want to differentiate. The Royal Gathering does not have age limitations. The Royal Gathering is a free but ticketed event. So you have to book it at the at your booking window, which will be usually 30 days for a new cruiser for that experience. And that is just essentially an opportunity to take pictures and maybe get autographs with usually three or four princesses. And it's often held in the atrium or grand hall of your ship. And as I mentioned, it's free and not limited by age, but everyone in your party who's going to attend has to reserve it for that time. So let's let's transition to talking about the actual cruise, what you had planned and how that worked out in actual you know practice and what your sort of experience was with, of course, all things like even just embarkation, right? So you all travel to Florida. Uh, did you stay overnight at the parks or did you stay overnight near Port Canaveral? I imagine you're, you were just a planner, so you knew not to come in the day of the cruise. Very much so. So from the Pacific Northwest, just like you all. So that idea of like, I cannot come in the day of that is way too, that I am not a risk taker. And that is not a risk I am willing to take is to be without right or that time crunch that makes me really nervous and anxious. And so we did we flow, we flew in on July 25th, the first embarkation was July 29th. And so we stayed again, the planner and me was like, hey, we're going there, we might as well hit up some parks. Nice. So we did three days at Universal. So we stayed at Cabana Bay. Oh my goodness, heavens. <laughs> that cannot be. You cannot have stayed at a non-Disney hotel in a non-Disney park. My goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. Shame on me. But did you do all things Harry Potter? That's really the oh, important question. A hundred percent. All, all right. things. It is just the best. And we wanted to see, well, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but the new Minions land had opened. So we'd love oh. to be in there at an opening thing. And yeah. that just happened to be it. And I do want to say one thing for planning, right? When you're thinking about planning, I've learned my lesson, right? So flying out, we fly on the red eye. We always take a red eye. It gives us a chance to like get in our pajamas, really wind down, sleep if you can. If you can't, mm -hmm. that's okay. But one thing I have learned is I was like, because we've done it many times where we fly in, you get there the next day, right? Like 8 a.m. the next day. So on the 26th. And then if you don't have your hotel booked, mm -hmm. right, you can't check in until three o'clock. Well, oh, if yeah. we got no rest, 
if we got no rest or if we're traveling at a high peak season, like a Christmas time, Sure. The odds of you checking in early are really yeah. slim to none. You might not get in mm-hmm. at like a Disney hotel. You might not get in until after 5 p.m. I mean, like they say 4 p.m., but sometimes it's like 8 p.m. Yeah, exactly. So what we did is we said we are going to pay for an extra hotel day so mm-hmm. that we can go right to our room. Yep. And sleep and rest before we start our day. I mean, it's that's in our world is a small price to pay so that we have a room to lay our head down if we didn't get any sleep or to relax and just unwind before we get ready to start the big day. That's very smart. So your check-in day is essentially your the day you, you're leaving home because you're going to arrive in the morning. That's actually, I think that's a very smart call if your plan is to rest, right? Like if your plan is to just go, 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 then, you know, maybe you don't need the room. But I, I think that's, how does, how does your daughter do with the red eye? I'm curious because, so we're about to, as we're talking, we're in a couple days, we're headed across the pond over to Europe. We have two red eyes. We have one red eye to the East Coast, and then we have a red eye over to Europe, basically back-to-back days. Nathan, we've never taken him on a red eye, I don't think. And we fly to the East Coast from the Pacific Northwest quite often. But yeah, how does your daughter do with the red eye? Does she actually sleep? Yes, she gets real comfy cozy. So we plan it out, right? Yeah. I love some melatonin. Yeah, we plan it out a little bit before, right? A half hour, about a half hour before we take off and Mm -hmm. give her that melatonin. And then she just makes herself comfy, cozy, sprawled out across us. Yeah, across us. You know, she's getting to the point where she is 11. Yeah. Well, so I'm like, this is going to need to change. But for now, she does really well. She's probably the only one that actually sleeps, right? Like my husband and I are constantly. You're like zombies. And she's. Getting a nice night of sleep. Oh, yeah. She's sleeping like, <laughs> sleeping like a little baby. I love it. All right. Well, that gives me a little bit of hope. So we'll we'll see how Nathan does in a, in a few just a few days. All right. So you get to you get to Orlando, you spend some time at Universal. How do you get from your ho- your Universal Hotel down to Port Canaveral? So again, doing some research, right, and planning on that and looking at different ways. There were some shuttle type options, mm-hmm. some, you know, bus type options. And for us, it was simply like, this looks like, because when you priced it out, right, per person, per this, and then you're on a shuttle, your time to them, like you are stuck to when they're ready to yep. leave and doing mm-hmm. some research on that, you know, reading reviews like, oh, they showed up late or they showed up or we had to make seven stops before we finally left. Yeah. We decided that an Uber was the best, you know, the best option for us. Simple, easy. We know what to expect. They know where to pick us up. They know where to go. It has you in the app, choose the port where they leave Mm -hmm. out of super, super easy and way cheaper, way cheaper. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you didn't have to pre-book. I mean, I know with Uber and Lyft, you can, you can like book the night before, right? You can't book like far in advance, but you can book shortly in advance. But did you even do that or did you just order when you were ready to go or 10 minutes before you're ready to go? 
we tried to do that. I tried to do that. It, the app was not working well. Mm. I was becoming very frustrated because it was so interesting. And I almost think, and it, I could be completely wrong. So if you're an Uber expert out there, please correct me. But <laughs> what I feel like was happening was I was selecting the date and time. And I don't know if drivers put in around the area where they're going to be, if they're mm-hmm. working that day ahead of time or not. But what I feel like was happening, I'm not kidding you. I think I booked and canceled 17 different Uber rides yeah. because <laughs> it would fast forward the day. So it oh, would Oh, so it would like say I'm gonna pick you up in five minutes or something. You're like, yes, no, no, I'm trying to yeah. Yes. It was some kind like, of glitch. Yeah. Yes. It was glitching. And I'm like, okay, what's their cancellation policy? Am <laughs> I okay? Because I kept trying. I'm like, it's gotta be a glitch. I'll restart the app. I'll restart my phone. It yeah. just was not book working to pre-book because that's what I was going to do because I don't want to be late. I want to sure. make sure there's an Uber around. Um our port arrival time I believe was like 115. So we got a decent port arrival time. Yeah. Um, so it was 115 and it just it refused. It said, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- you know, that's a bummer to hear you couldn't pre-book, but honestly, you don't really need to. If you're anywhere, I mean, Orlando has enough Ubers that you'll be fine getting one the day of. You might have to wait, you know, 10 or 15 minutes for one, but it, as long as you've built in, you know, that cushion time. And frankly, with the ship, the ship's not leaving until, you know, after four or something. I think all aboard is probably like 3.30 or something for embarkation day. But yeah, so you've got plenty of time. And, you know, so if you're running 10 minutes late, it's, you're not really, you're not actually running late. So... (laughs) Let's talk about your, your, you know, going through the check-in process when you get to the port. Um, one, was it what you expected it to be? And two, did it go smoothly or did you have bumps in the road? Because we always, you know, it, there's such variation. Generally, Port Canaveral is pretty straightforward, but you never know. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Okay, so all the planning, right? Yeah. I'm looking it up. Don't, you know, that do not arrive before. Got it. Check. Done. Will not arrive before. Like, I'm also a rule follower, right? Like, okay, (laughs) do not arrive before. You know how many people break that rule nowadays, Tabitha? So that the rule was strictly enforced during the COVID protocols. They have loosened up quite, quite, quite a bit. In fact, I don't think they monitor it except for getting into the terminal, but they don't monitor it getting into the garage at all. So anyway. So me taking that like, okay, I will not show up. I promise. Cross my heart. I won't be there early. And so, oh, again, did so much research, right? Trying to figure out what line do I go in? Mm. Where did they drop me off? All of that. Oh, goodness gracious. I think there were a (laughs) lot of people not following the do not arrive early, like you said. And so the lines were absolute bananas. I had, we had no clue where to go. The port was easy, like dropping off our luggage. That part was very easy. They were standing right there and kind of guided us towards the line. But I I honestly don't even like it had our sign posted for like the time to get in, but everybody was in that line. And then some were on the side and some were on this side. I'm like, oh, I'm so confused. And then it switched to the mindset we're all going to get on. Yep. I'm just going to go stand in a line. It may be the right line. It may not be the right <laughs> line, but I'm just going to go stand in line. Yeah. No, that's <clears throat> that's a good way to kind of roll with it. There are definitely days where it's more confusing or, or less confusing. And around that, you know, 
Around that arrival time, you've got a lot of people showing up and a lot of people who are first time cruisers showing up because the the most seasons cru- seasoned cruisers are showing up like at 1030 or 11 and getting on before noon. So <laughs> generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking. So at that point, you also are going to have more confusion in general. So did the check-in process go okay? You had all your documents and your passports ready to go? Yep, that was very smooth. Again, it did not, I will say, going back to original check-in and loading documents, et cetera, Again, computers, right? Gotta love them. Gotta love technology. Everybody's on online. That was a mess. It shut down. Join the Facebook page. Another tip, right? Join that Facebook group page. Super helpful with, again, planning. Like questions were asked and answered. That was super helpful. But got on the Facebook page and they're like, ah, the internet, you know, do it from your phone. So that was a little bit tricky, but I was still ready to go. I had my photos uploaded Mm -hmm saved into my phone. And, you know, you hear of people getting questioned, like sometimes they have to go back or resubmit, et cetera. And thank goodness, none of that happened. That's good. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, I would say generally, so Brian always does our check-in process and Brian, you always, you tend to do it from your phone, right? You have more success that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's usually faster and easier. I'm usually sitting in bed watching TV while <laughs> doing it. Yeah. And I also have, I basically just have like a, an iPhotos album with all of our travel docs, our, you know, headshots that they need for security, all that sort of stuff. And so I can just sit there and upload them that way. But yeah, I've, I've, I've had good success with the app over the phone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you get through your check-in, your check-in at the port, you get onto the gangway and you're welcomed into the atrium of the beautiful Disney fantasy. Was it what you expected it to be? It was. It's it's a little embarrassing too, right? Because you look at it like they announce your name and you're like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then you get there and you're like, ah, this is so like, ah, attention. What am I doing? Even, yeah. yeah, what am I doing? Even though it really is, you know, just those few people surrounded there. That was one thing we did share with my daughter. And I shared that with my husband too, because again, I need to document all the things I failed to mention. Like I am obsessed with pictures, et cetera, taking pictures, having all the pictures. So I'm recording. I'm asking him, okay, you're going to take pictures. I'm going to (laughs) record. You've got the video. Yes. So we divided Uh, and conquered, but like, I just played that video yesterday as I was preparing for this and it's just magical. Yeah, you just, oh. you just can't say anything else besides it's magical. Whether there's seven people paying attention or seventy paying attention, it's just magical. Oh, I love that. So you mentioned pictures. I got to know: Did you book the unlimited picture package, and did you do so in advance? A hundred percent. Again, you know, a lot pricier, right? That was one of those things. A lot pricier than like an in the parks package, mm-hmm. etc. But I know my love of pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking ahead, okay, I've got to have pictures for Christmas cards, for holiday cards. Right. I'm a huge scrapbooker. That's something else I want to throw in. I plan our autograph books. I make our autograph books for oh. every trip that we take, and so I know <laughs> those pictures will be used. So that was a no brainer for me. It was yeah. worth the cost because by the, especially on a seven night, let me yeah. give that caveat, right? Because there's a lot of, again, in my research, there's this idea of like, oh, it's three days. Oh, I only want a picture or a few pictures. I don't need them all. And gosh, we don't really take a lot of pictures versus me. Oh, 
We're doing all the pictures all the time, everywhere. So I knew it would pay for itself by the time we were done. And again, booking ahead of time, best choice ever. Yeah, it definitely, it saves you a little bit of money if you book it up front instead of booking it on board. You can still book it on board or you can buy, I'll call them picture packages, like 10 pictures, 20 pictures or the unlimited. I mean, those are really the options. Plus, if you want to buy like printed pictures, you can too. But generally speaking, we only buy the the digital. We can print them at home or if you want to make a, you know, a picture book on Shutterfly or something like that, that's certainly available to do on your own rather than going, having the cruise line do it for you at a higher cost. And we're not real picture people, but we still find we end up, you know, taking at, at least 20 pictures or wanting to buy at least 20 pictures. And at that point, you might as well have booked the unlimited package because the unlimited package at the pre-cruise price is either the same or less than the onboard 20 picture package. So, or, or really, really close. So yeah, so it's one of those things where if you if you're somebody who who avoids pictures, you're not going to take any pictures, don't don't pay for it because you're not going to use it obviously. But if you're somebody who wants to take some family photos on board and thinks you're going to take character photos or backdrop photos, yeah, definitely I think a worthwhile add-on. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the the highlights from the cruise. What were the things that Whether expected or unexpected, what were the things that you all really enjoyed doing on board the ship? Oh, okay. So going back to that research, right? The Brainforest Room, know that it's going to be a little bit longer cruise. I love some relaxation. I love to read a book. I love to just chill. And so that was one thing that we made sure to go up and do right away, right? Go up to the Rainforest tour the rainforest room, decide, is this worth it? So my husband and I both ended up with a package. So that was kind of one of our highlights. The hot tubs, like they said, when I was doing, when I was investigating the rainforest room itself, the hot tubs were interesting. They are shaped very oddly. Didn't spend <laughs> a lot of time in those, but the beds, the the heated yes, beds. the heated oh, beds are so nice. So oh. nice. And the showers, the different showers, that was fantastic. I also love to work out. And so I was able to chat with another couple on their YouTube channel. They were so great to answer my questions about the gym and what they had, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times the tours are really quick through there. Yes. And you don't get to see all the things. Sometimes I like to bring my own equipment for things that I know I'm going to do Mm -hmm. or that's easy to do while I'm traveling. And so they were quick to do that. That was lovely. I enjoyed working out. And then my daughter loved Midship Detective. Oh, oh yes. Goodness. Well, that you was were, her highlight. You got did you do all three? She she again, she's in that great age where, you know, we let her choose. What do you want to do for the day? Do you want to go to the kids' club? We use a little whiteboard to tell Mm -hmm. her where Mm -hmm. we're at. She doesn't have a device. Big mistake, though. I will say that. Like, big mistake because... (laughs) Well, let me back up. Love Midship Detective. She did them all three on her own. She wanted to be independent. She wanted to go out and do it on her own. So through the various days at sea, she was able to do all three adventures on the Midship Detective. Loved it. Yeah, I love that. Well, I got to hear about the whiteboard. I, I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. We sometimes have a whiteboard on our door just for fun. We don't actually use it for like messaging each other because we all, all three of us have devices. But I actually think that that could be a great solution 
for a kid who doesn't have a device or and for parents and kids who communicate to one another. But yeah, how did that work for you? And, you know, tell us what what you all did to be able to know where each other were. Well, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it so it was a good out. idea. It was a great idea. Um, it worked while we would leave her messages. So for example, when she was doing Midship Detective, before we left, we would say, hey, we're going to the rainforest room. We'll be here check the whiteboard. We're probably going to come back and change. We may be somewhere else. We'll leave you a note on the board. Mm -hmm. And so we did that, you know, let her know to check there, come back if you're, if you're done. And we also didn't understand how long it would take her to do this midship detective. Right. It takes a long time to do. Especially the Muppet Mm -hmm. story. The Muppet storyline takes longer because you have, in addition to the the magic pictures, I'll just call them that. You've got uh, a couple of, you've got a special door and you've got a special, um, I'll call it a showcase cabinet thing in the jig. Yeah. So there's, there's more stuff to do, but yeah, they take hours even with, even if you're just doing the Mickey one or the Del, the Dalmatians one. Yeah. So she got so involved in that. And again, we didn't understand how long it would take. So there came a point where we were, my husband and I were doing something. We may have been at trivia or something or came, got done with an activity and we checked the room and she still wasn't there. And we're like, what is happening? Where is Mm -hmm. she? Oh my goodness. I, we might as well have done midship detective with her because I was like, okay, you take these floors. I take these floors (laughs) and literally sweeping zigzag forth up and down. So I got to know the ship very well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and that's actually the best way to get to know the ship is doing the midship detective agency. If you, and if you need to get steps in. So if you, anyone who is, who just needs, to get steps in and you don't want to do it on a treadmill or on the promenade, do the midship detective agency. You will get 10,000 steps in, in, in a day. Oh, and add a rush to it. If you're trying to find yeah, a kid, you're going to you you're panic. You're, yeah, to find your... you're gonna burn a lot of steps. And I knew yeah. she would be fine. Let me sure. just say that, right? Like there was no point in time where we thought that she would not be safe. It was for us that fear of if she's if she did go back to the room and we missed her and we crossed path we crossed paths right. and didn't realize it. That was the only thing was knowing that her anxiety could escalate sure. to the point of gosh, where are they? But so the board, although well intended, and also she needed a watch, right? Because we would write the time down. So my mm-hmm. husband at one point gave her his watch so that she could watch the time. When we added that layer in, that helped. Okay. That helped yeah. much better. Makes right. Sense. So that we could say we left at 10.07. Here's where we're going. Be back in an hour. She then can look at the watch and say, yep, I know exactly what time and where yeah. they are. Yeah, I guess the one thing with the board in addition to that is you've got to go back to your room a lot because if you decide, okay, I'm going to the rainforest room and then you think you're going to head back to the room and you're but you decide I want to go I want to go check out a musician who's playing at, you know, the Quiet Cove or at Satellite Falls and but you got to go then write that on the board. So you got yeah, it's a lot of zigzagging on the ship. But again, If you get your, you know, getting your steps in. 
Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode so would you would you do it differently the next time and if so what what would you do Yeah, so absolutely, we would do it differently. We just have decided that we'll just give her one of our old phones, load the app so that she can have that messenger feature in there. We don't foresee her getting a cell phone anytime soon. We're kind of lucky, maybe lucky, unlucky. She really has no interest in a cell phone. So I think we would definitely give and or either give her one of our phones, like take one of our phones to use that messaging feature just for that ease because she didn't spend a ton of time in the kids room um she really wanted to explore the ship on her own and do that midship detective and or she was with us and so she was kind of on and off in the kids room in the kids club i want to rewind for a second you mentioned that you and your husband got rainforest room passes Mm -hmm. did you so you got length of cruise so two questions one did you use them enough to make it feel worth it and what was your what was your overall impression of the rainforest room Um, we got length of cruise for each of us. I believe we used it three times total each. So I do think we did, but looking back and my husband loved the showers, like the showers were his highlight. He still talks about, I'm like, Hey, remember that one shower that did this, this, and this, right? That was his highlight. But in talking about, we've already discussed like future cruises, like maybe just me and or none of us, right? It was it was lovely to experience. Again, I wanted to do all the things so that going forward with any next cruises, I can say, yeah, that was worth it or no, it wasn't. I'm not going to say it wasn't worth it, but I don't know if I would do it every cruise. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. It does. It, it, your experience with the Rainforest Room, so I always ask people this because, you know, pre-pandemic, I will say the Rainforest Room felt oversubscribed, crowded at times, had those nice heated loungers. And if you wanted to get one, if you weren't there in the morning, like people were just camping out on them like all day in lieu of being at the pool deck and, you know, wet towels on the floor. Like it was kind of a mess. And so I'm just curious if your experience was any better with the Rainforest Room or if it looked about the same. I would say better. I didn't see it. Felt, you know, I go into the locker room. It seemed clean. It seemed picked up. It would dependent on the time of day. We like to hit it around like one. One seemed to be our key time. 
there wasn't, we'd look at the activities and decide, are we going to do this? or Are we going to go to the rainforest room? And so that one o'clock time seemed okay. Most people were kind of getting their lunch, et cetera. So we were able to find those loungers. I was able to, there was one time we went in though, and there was only one. So my husband hit up the showers instead and did the rooms, the saunas and stuff before, while I sat and read a book. But I feel like most people were pretty aware of how much time they had taken in them. So yeah, to answer your question, it was, it's like from what, compared to what you're describing, better. Well, what else did you get up to on board? What were some of the activities that you did as a, as a family or as a couple that, you know, adult activities, anything like that, that you got up to on board? Well, going back to research, et cetera, we knew that they had, right, they'd leave us folded towel animals, which was a highlight. We knew that they would do things at dinner. And so we made sure to do the towel folding. That was a, that was a highlight for our family. At night in the evening, my daughter would usually find one thing in the kids club that she would like to do. And so she would go do that and we would do trivia. Uh, those were two things that my husband and I enjoyed was the trivia. We did a movie trivia and then 80s, 90s and 2000s music trivia. Didn't win. That's okay. I've realized I need to make friends with people around me so we could be on a bigger team, right? I need to increase my odds of winning. We did that. Oh, the aqueduct. That was their favorite. I tried it. I, I I didn't like it wasn't a must do for me, but tried it, enjoyed it. But they took two days to do that. We didn't spend any time at the pool. We're not real hang out at a pool. That was very overwhelming to us to look at the crowds, right? And all the people in the pools and the lack of space that was not for us. And so the biggest thing that we did was the characters. I am all like, I look back, I, I was it. mapping out my day and I was like, characters, characters, characters. And I knew they were all all in their different outfits, right? That was a highlight for me. Like I need to make sure I have them in all their different outfits for all of our pictures. So that was one thing that ate up a lot of our time was the yeah. character meet and greets. And, and that's a good point to make. Uh, you're going to have the characters pretty much every day, uh, particularly the Fab Five will be out pretty much every day. And then Chip and Dale and Daisy also are out most days, if not every day. But they do wear different outfits each day, typically. Sometimes there might be like one or two repeats, but and they might wear a different outfit even at nighttime. So if you want lots of different family pictures, it's a great opportunity to get you in different outfits and in with the characters in different outfits. And for this sailing, you mentioned it was the 25th anniversary. So you got them in their shimmering seas outfits, as well as probably their traditional sailor outfits, as well as their formal outfits, as well as their pirate outfits. So those are sort of the the typical ones that you expect to see them in. And of course, the other characters, you may have, you know, some Marvel characters and some other, you know, sort of non, non-Fab Five characters like Stitch or, you know, a few others. So yeah, fantastic. You know, w- one thing I want to talk just a little bit about, we're not, we won't do a deep dive on the ports since we've been s- sort of focusing this show on, you know, the planning side of things and then how that planning worked out. So I'd love to know from your perspective with, you know, you booked San Juan on your own excursion and then you booked in, was it St. Thomas, a excursion through Disney? Is that right? St. Martin, yeah. Sorry, St. Martin. Yeah, St. Martin through Disney, yeah. Yeah. 
were the excursions what you expected them to be? Let's put it, let's frame it that way. Well, okay, let's start with St. Martin because that was our first port stop. Hmm. I don't know if I expected more, but I also, I don't know how to put it. So we did, it was an excursion that took us around this, around both sides of the island, right? The Dutch and the French side. It stopped in, I think, is it Marigo? Marigo? I couldn't tell you the name. Maybe. <laughs> Something like that. We stopped in the side of the town, got off. They had a little market. They had, it was on the French side of the island. So we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure we got some pastries. We stopped there for, and again, it goes so quick. So 20 minutes there, 20 minutes at the little beach right by where the planes take off. My husband oh, cool. did do that. He lived his best life. He works for Boeing. Oh, so nice. so he was living his best life with the, you know, with the planes taken off and everything flying everywhere. He did that. And then it took us to a distillery and and then back. It was, I really wish we would have done something different. I wish we would have booked outside of that. My daughter loves the beach. Mm-hmm. I really should have just focused on either booking independently for a beach day for, to really enjoy the beach. It was, I can't explain to you how hot it was. Oh, I am um, you're in this this was uh, a summertime cruise in the in the eastern Caribbean. This is it, it's you know you think Orlando's the the face of the sun, the Caribbean is the the face of the sun. So yeah, definitely city tours are not your friend for the summer. You a beach is a I mean even the beach is really hot if you you know you want to get some an umbrella, some shade and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's really hot. At least if you've got a beach excursion, you've got the water to help cool you off. So yeah, we sense. had none of that. So it was so hot. I lucked out though. So my husband sat with my daughter on top, right? They had to be on top of the bus. Yeah. I lucked out and took the only spot that was covered at the back <laughs> of the bus. So I was living my best semi kind of cool life. Yeah. They were in they the were boiling. Sweltering. They were yeah. sweltering. They yeah. were sweltering, especially so that, with their Northwest sensibilities. I mean, we can't, we're not used to that level of, of heat and humidity really. Um, no. What about, what about San Juan? How did that one go? That one you booked you with a third party, you know, what, what did you book and, and was that what it, you expected it to be? Oh, they were so cool. So they are called, I got to get the name because I say it wrong every single time. <laughs> oh, they were called chili boats. Oh. And so they are just like, um, I call them chili bikes because they're essentially like a bike on pontoons, but oh, they're yeah. really called chili boats. I really dug a little bit deep into a where it was located. Mm-hmm. How far away did I have to go? Was it within walking distance? And it was. So we just walked from the terminal over to the water. So awesome. it was right in the old town outskirts of the old town of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And so we booked that. It took us, I think it was an hour tour. And it took you around from the outside perspective around the water, around Old Town for Puerto Rico. We knew we wanted to do something in the water and we knew that we wanted to kind of see the old parts, like what it would look like if you were a ship pulling into Puerto Rico, you know, in the 1800s and to see kind of that, that. Rock, the huge fort and the, the rock, huge yeah. fort, yeah, and all those features, and it was fantastic. Easy to get to. Read the reviews on it; great reviews. Um, the gentleman that took us around was a great. 
it's kind of hard to get a tour guide perspective unless you stayed right next to him. I'm kind of a lounger. And of course, I'm taking pictures. So I was at the back of back of the, the tour group. I think there were probably only seven of us. So again, a very intimate experience, not crowded. And everyone that was with us, not one of them was from the cruise ship. They were all in Puerto Rico on their own vacations. So that part was lovely. And then we decided we wanted to go see the umbrellas, right? The famous umbrellas on the walkway. So I put it in my, <laughs> I put it in Google, right? Best part about Puerto Rico, right? U.S. territory. So you can use your phones, all of that. We were connected to life again and could use Google Maps and all of that. So we kept walking and we're like, where are they? And Sure enough, there were some bells that had been replaced. They had replaced them with these bells. And so we were there multiple times in the same spot looking for the umbrellas, but the umbrellas were gone. So it was these bells. And I didn't get to read on it closely enough because it wasn't until we had left that area that somebody had said, yeah, the umbrellas were replaced with the bells. So we didn't, Mm -hmm. we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know that that was, had happened. And so we did that. And then there's a park there. And my daughter was living her very best life. She loves birds. And it was a pigeon park. And they are pigeons everywhere. And you can pay to feed them. And they are on top of you, flying around you, nestling into your head. I had one on my head. It was very (laughs) uncomfortable for me. It is on top of my head. I'm like, it is going to get stuck and or it's going to do its business in my hair. Get it off. But they (laughs) enjoyed that. (laughs) And then, I mean, we're talking like picture Home Alone 2, right? New Central Oh my Park, God, yeah. Right? Yeah. That is exactly what it was like. There were pigeons everywhere. And then we decided I really wanted to enjoy the traditional foods. Mufungo, I really wanted oh, yeah. to have some mufungo, but it was so hot and it's a hot oh, dish. Oh, it's a hot day. Yeah. I was or like fried plantains, like, yeah, yeah delicious. Any of that hot. did not sound good. I was... I was dripping sweat the entire time. And I was like, I cannot eat super hot food. So we just found a little pizza, a pizza joint and had some pizza. Even though it was hot, it was still like a refreshing, like not heavy in your stomach. And then we found a great little, I love to bring back coffee. Mm -hmm. And so we found a great little coffee cafe there. Oh, awesome. Love that. And then it was back on the ship, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How could you not? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Well, I feel like there's two things we have to talk about. We'll just, again, won't deep dive into them, but since this is your first Disney cruise experience, wanted to hear your impressions of Castaway Key and yeah, just what you thought about Castaway and what you, what you got up to on Castaway. Because you said you're not really like lounging by the pool people. So I'm curious to know if you were lounging by the beach people or if you did a bunch of stuff on, on Castaway. Oh, love this. Okay. So again, upon... I. This must have been something where I kind of missed in my research was like, get up, get there, get your spot. If you don't get there, you're going to have no umbrella. And it is sweltering hot, another very hot day. I don't know what we were doing that morning. We clearly were taking our time and got breakfast and got out there. My husband and daughter booked the boats, the bike boats that are out there. So, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Didn't read reviews on that one. Missed that one. Should have read a little bit better. I, again, I wanted the experience. We're only there for one day. So I want all the pictures. Um, I would love to do characters. And I was actually vetoed for characters on the way into Castaway. Uh, my husband Brian said, nope, would nope, be nope. with 
Brian would be with your family yeah. vetoing the pictures. I will take a couple, like if there's not a line, but Castaway is one of those places where, yeah, yeah, it's cool pictures in different outfits. Like they have their they have special summertime Castaway, you know, type outfits. But oh my God, there's usually no shade at the picture spots. And I feel I feel terrible for the characters and the character handlers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Thank goodness for pictures there on the, in the lines and the regular picture spots. There was not really anybody there. Oh, I knew I needed to do my postcard, right? I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I knew that they were only open for so long that they can close intermittently whenever they want. I did not read. They're on Bahamian my, time there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So I did not read. I thought I could just put my own stamps on there. I didn't realize you had to buy their stamp. Yep. And I pre-did my postcards the night before, knowing that we were going to stop there. And there was a gal in there. She was so kind. She paid for my stamps because I was like, oh, I'll go back. She's like, no, no, don't go back. I'll pay for your stamps. I was like, you were the kindest human ever because I had done postcards for everyone, right? Oh, for ourselves, yeah. for my in-laws, for my mom, for my dad, and for my brother. So I was like, oh, I need to... I was like, it's a lot of stamps. Do you mind? Are you sure? <laughs> it's a lot of stamps. And she was very kind. She's like, absolutely, I don't mind. So we did that. And by the time we got, so we walked, we read the thing to t- to walk, right? To really enjoy the sights versus taking the tram because it can take a little bit longer. So we walked and we're walking and we're walking and we're walking and all the umbrella spots were taken and we're walking and we're walking and they're still all taken. So we ended up... <sighs> getting as close as humanly possible to the people next to us to get the shade of their umbrella (laughs) umbrella. semi hangs over at different parts of the day. We got real comfy cozy. They never said anything, but I was like, do you mind if we sit here? And then I just kept scooting my chair over and over. Closer, closer. (laughs) So lesson learned, right? That is one thing that I would plan much better is Mm. to make sure that I'm out there and to really get a get a spot with an umbrella. It was very, very hot. And again, I don't do heat well. Like he is not my jam. Like it is, it's very uncomfortable for me. Like I would rather be freezing and add layers. Right. Yeah. So (laughs) we did some snorkeling. We did bring our own gear. That was one thing that we had learned from our previous cruise that we didn't do is bring your own snorkel gear. And so knowing that we kind of took that lesson, oh, we'll bring our own snorkel gear. It's things that we can use forever and ever. So we brought our own snorkel gear and did some snorkeling. That was really fun. They are, they're the full face masks, which are super cool. Yeah. However, I didn't realize like you're so used to traditional goggles and snorkels that you're just like slamming it on your face to try (laughs) and get it to suction. Well, these have really great suction by themselves. So when I was pushing my mask on, my head started to hurt because it was so tight. Oh, you did too tight. I had it too tight. So I was like, I'm out. You two go have fun. So then I went back up and sat on the beach and did some reading. And then they went to do the bikes right before lunch. And they came back. I don't know if I got a picture of them. I should have because they just looked defeated after being on those chili boats in Puerto Rico and the ease and how lovely and smooth they were to watch them come back from those bikes. Mm -hmm. My husband was out of breath. He was, you know, just a loss of energy. Like the life had been sucked out of both him and her. And so 
they said they would never do those again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's helpful. Maybe their lesson can help somebody else. Yeah. We we have heard our friends, the morals, they did those those water bike things on our last our last cruise that went to Castaway with them. And they said it was exhausting. They said it was really exhausting. So they didn't say it was bad. It was just takes a lot of energy out of you. It's it's a lot to to pedal those things. So a lot. Yes. Yeah. And if it's and and they weren't going in the height of the summertime. So that's that was <laughs> so, yeah. a different story, right? Yes. Makes it even even more difficult. Well so I found a hammock that was in surrounded by shaded trees. So I was Mm -hmm. able to read a book while they went and did that. And then after lunch, we decided we'll just go do, she wanted to do the slides and the obstacle course and the ropes and things like that. So we did that. And that by far was my favorite part of the day, right? Because a lot of people had started going back, right? I had heard Mm -hmm. that, that they will start to go back to the ship. Like, yep, that's it. They had slowly started trickling back. We wanted to stay there from start to finish right when we got there until we had to absolutely board the ship again. And so we stayed there and eventually it started clearing out. So then I got my shaded spot. I kind of I might have stalked people and was (laughs) like, oh, they look like yeah, they look like they're packing up. Might we have those spots? And so we did get some shade and finish out the day. She loved it. She loves the beach. She could have stayed there for another three or four hours. Oh, love it. So I will say if you're on the magic or the wonder, there's less of an issue with finding uh, a spot, a shady spot to sit, because obviously those ships are smaller than the fantasy, the dream and the wish. They, you know, have like 1500 less passengers and that does make a big difference. But it is a good tip if you are somebody who really needs the shade of an umbrella. And if you are sailing in particular in the summertime, getting off to ca- getting off for castaway early to secure a, a spot that has an umbrella you'll be able to find a chair so that just to be clear it's not an issue of finding a chair there are plenty of chairs and loungers it's and there's plenty frankly with umbrellas too but they will on a full ship those will get taken first and so you know a full ship like the fantasy dream and wish that that can you know that can be an issue as as Tabitha mentioned I so, feel like if I had walked further down, though, and kept going, right, I knew not to take the first spots, but I feel like if I had kept walking down to almost the end of where the chairs stop, I may have had better luck. But at that point, I was just defeated. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the it's the give and take of whether or not to take the tram, not take the tram. You still have to even if you take the tram, you're going to want to walk further because that's where the open spots are going to be. Most people, even if they take the tram, they're going to like the first spot they see, right? And so the beginning of Family Beach 1 and the beginning of Family Beach 2 are always going to be the most crowded. The further you go to each of those beaches, the more chance you will find some, you know, some open space. I I have one more question before we go to rapid fire, which is just now that you've experienced Disney Cruise Line and you had some prior experience with other cruise lines, how do the two compare just quickly in your mind? Oh, goodness. So different in so many ways, right? It really depends on what you want and what you're looking for. On the previous cruise line, we were by far the youngest people on that ship. The dining, right? The dining were completely different. It was random and it was 
you know, yeah, we made, we met some nice, some great people, but it was not like, Hey, we're going here today. Can you, you know, Hey, we'll meet up, let's hang out, you know, cause it, by th- back then it was just the two of us. So we could have easily made some friends, but it just wasn't the crowd for us. And then the Disney, yep, it is you know, you get what you pay for, right? If you take advantage of all the things that they have to offer, you really are getting an experience like no other, right? An experience like no other. And it just, it just, it was for us. It it really was for us. All right. Disney Cruise Line converts. Yes. We have them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I listen to all the other podcasts and like, I'm always telling my husband, well, if we do, right. Cause now it's to the convincing point. Well, if we do this, they don't have this, this, and this, and (laughs) said this, this, and this, right. So still doing my research on the things and thank goodness for your podcast, because that's where I could say, well, on this podcast, I heard X, (laughs) Y, and Z about this cruise line, right. When you do have those that share about their other cruising experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know which ships have what amenities and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. So Tabitha, before we subject you to my torture, is there anything we haven't covered? Yes. Okay, so this was the first sailing that the Magic Band Plus or... What are, what are they calling it on Dis, on the ship? Disney Band Plus. Disney Band Plus. This was the first time that it was offered, right? Our cruise was the first one that they were offering it on the other ships other than Right the Wish. Yes. Am I correct with that? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. you, the, it was the wish first and then the fantasy. And then the fantasy and the fantasy that just happened to be our ship. So there was a lot of conversation in the Facebook posts about, do we get them? Do you not get them? What should we do? We did end up purchasing them because we just have the old school magic bands from you know, our Disney World experience. So we said, yep, why not? Because now you can use them everywhere. So we were able to purchase those. That was really fun during the shows. They would light up and, you know, that was really cool. And then the ease of access of getting in and out of your door, your stateroom, that yes. was very helpful. We and your up- kiddos ease yes. of getting. I find it's easier to have Nathan wearing the bands than making sure he's remembering to wear a lanyard around his neck. Just Absolutely. a personal, you know, preference. I don't think it's. I don't think the magic bands are necessary, but I think they are a nice convenience. They exactly. They're not necessary. But then my long term thought of planning is: okay, we're going to Epcot when we're done with this. I can use it there. And then Disneyland, all the rest of the parks, right? They're slowly starting to implement those and it's becoming a thing now. So I'm like, it's an investment, but it's a long-term investment. We'll be able to use it. And why not be the first to try these out on on the ship when they're offering it? I feel like they worked well. You just had to remember to charge it during all the shows as far as the stage shows and then the dining, even the dining and Pirates Night, they would light up. So that was really fun. Second thing is they the premiere for Haunted Mansion was on our ship, and I had been anticipating that and was doing some research and waiting until waiting and waiting. I was like, it's going to be on there. So we came prepared with all of our Haunted Mansion themed shirts. Oh, love it. For the day, knowing that it was going to be on there. So that was super fun. I forgot to say. I'm a matchy-matchy shirt kind of person. We had all of our shirts. <laughs> so in, all the pictures in all the matching shirts. A hundred percent and different themes and Donald and we had all the themes. Those were all pre-purchased again. And that actually the benefit of that too is it really helped help separate when my pictures get mixed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these all go together because we're all in this outfit. So right. that was that part. And then- <laughs> You really are a Pinterest mom, Tabitha. <laughs> I really am. I really am. And there's no, like, 
I will fully admit I use it to every advantage that I can. Any Anytime I can Pinterest something, I will find something. <laughs> and then the, sec- the third thing is, right? So one thing that I was really disappointed on And I think I've heard others say it too, not just on this podcast, but, you know, upon my reviews was, again, I really researched the day one things that I needed to do in order to make sure I got all the things done. And one of them was, if you want merch, make sure, right, because they have the laws, right? They can only start selling after they're so far away from the port and in those international waters. So I lined up. I knew about what time to line up. So got in line for that thinking like, yes, I'm going to get the 25th sailing merch. Mm. And I think you can anticipate where this is going is so disappointed, like heartbroken because I kept peeking in the window, like maybe they just haven't put it out yet. Maybe, maybe they're going to put out the special table that has all the merch and needless to say, there was none left. So, I mean, that's not a cruise line fault, right? A lot of people were really upset. Like, it's not their fault. They're only given what they're given. But I'm like, Disney missed opportunity. Like, yeah. I buy all the merch, <laughs> like all the things. But luckily enough, Disney online shop, Disney put the ears. Yes, the on ears came. Disney. Yeah. So I was able to snag those. The main reason is not so much that it's the 25th, but those are my favorite colors. Ah. Like, absolute favorite colors. I even special ordered some stickers for our autograph book that are in the shimmering colors and stuff like that. So that was the main reason. Like, I just want the ears in the lounge. But I got the ears, right? One out of two, 50%. That's not bad. Yeah. And that was across the fleet. There were issues Mm with the the stocking of the the merchant. Some ships had the different ships had different things, and different ships had different quantities of things, and so it was it was a bit of a mess. Absolutely. Well, Sam, I think we have reached that point in the show where I need to have you subject Tabitha to some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment of the round we know as rapid fire. So take it away. All right, Tabitha, we know the Disney Fantasy is your favorite Disney Cruise Line ship and that the Aqua Duck is your favorite water slide. So I am not going to go there, but I am going to ask you some of your Disney favorites and Disney Cruise Line favorites. So we're going to start with your favorite character. Who is your favorite Disney character? Oh, I think at Disney, I'm going to go mini. But right now, I am really on an elemental kick. So Ember. I really oh, I love, love it. Ember. Awesome. All right. Favorite Disney movie? Okay, I I don't know. This could be where like maybe a no no, but I'm gonna say two Princess and the Frog, and like I said, Elemental. Like it's my now movie. Princess oh, I and the love Frog that. is my like go to movie, but my now movie is Elemental. Awesome. Favorite Disney song. <laughs> Still sticking with the theme of Elemental. Steal the show. It's a fantastic song. Awesome. I love all these, you know, new nods. These are great. All right. Now we got to go on to Disney Cruise Line. Uh, You've only been on the Disney Fantasy, but what was your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show from the Disney Fantasy? That's a tough one between either Aladdin or Believe, but Aladdin is so, Aladdin is so fantastic and I know the story. So I'm going to choose Believe for that very sense of it's unique, it's special. And Again, it might have brought a tear to my eye or two. (laughs) Awesome. All right. I know you probably didn't get up to too many of these spaces since you did a lot of family time, but did you have a favorite bar space on board the Fantasy? 
Yeah, we like the tube. They held a couple of the activities and trivia in there and some of the family events. And even my daughter liked the tube. Yeah, it's cool theming. I love it. All right. Favorite onboard activity. <sighs> I, again, my my daughter wanted to share her things. She's like, I want to be on the podcast too. I'm like, oh. you can. But our favorite, I think my favorite personal is characters. But if I, you know, meeting all the characters and the opportunities for that and the interaction. But I think if she were to say it, it would be midship detective. <laughs> awesome. Favorite rotational dining. Animator's palette. We had a fantastic seat. We were right by the screens, literally, and it was just us. It was it was the highlight. She still talks about the last day. Awesome. All right. We've got to talk food, a favorite sweet item, and then a favorite savory item. So sweet first. Oh, sweet always first. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> I literally, they knew me. Our our serving team was fantastic. They knew that I was going to literally order all the desserts. Yeah. I could care less about the main <laughs> dining. I want one of all of the desserts. Um, but I think the sticky date pudding that oh, was so, so delicious. So good. It's so funny good. that you said sweets first because I always ask it in this order because I save the best for last. And for me, the best is savory. So, oh no, uh, I'm already failing. Yes. <laughs> so what was your favorite savory item on board? Nothing stands out a ton except for like, I like the bread service. Yeah. Right? The different bread services yeah. were a highlight for our family. Awesome. All right. So the last question of rapid fire is where we have left or where is where we're going next, (laughs) which is what is your bucket list cruise anywhere in the world? You could go on a Disney cruise ship. Where are you going? I think I'm going to stick with some of your listeners in the past that have said, right, a cruise that will hit up all the parks, anything close to all the parks with like an adventures by Disney excursion attached to it or something like that. And or Antarctica. I think that would be so phenomenal, like a once in a lifetime thing. Absolutely. Definitely two bucket list uh, opportunities. So I'm going to jump in to where Brian usually asks this question, but I'm going to ask you, what's next, Tabitha? Did you book the placeholder? And if so, do you have something already booked? We have the placeholder for sure. Again, research said, do it. You don't get that opportunity again, right? Make that choice. It's very flexible. We do have the placeholder, but now it's just deciding where and when. And if I had my choice, I would go next week. I've been looking at cruises, <laughs> like short ones that are close, et cetera. But so far, nothing. But the biggest one that I think we have talked about is there is a cruise next year, I believe in the summer, that goes to Castaway and Lookout. And it's just those two. Yeah, I believe it's five days. Um, yeah, there's a couple of them in June. Yeah, yeah. So we've been looking at that one as a potential for the simple fact of if we do that, then we can spend some time in the parks too, right? Like get up, do the beach things, and then spend some time in the parks. But nothing on the books just yet, and it's driving me bananas. It's driving <laughs> me bananas. Well, there's always the DCL Duo podcast cruise. Just, yeah. just saying. <laughs> it goes to Lighthouse Point. It doesn't go to Castaway also. It just goes to Lighthouse and um, NASA. But there's there's room on it. So Oh, I will keep that in mind. Not just not sure. just room, not just room, but for people out there listening, there's room and the the sailing we're on is almost sold out and the rooms that we have are still at opening day price. So you're getting you're getting a 
major discount over anything that is currently available directly through Disney. So if you want to come see all the DCL duo, we got a few rooms left uh, and you can experience Lighthouse Point for one of the first times. But Tabitha, we just really appreciate you taking time to come on the show and share your experiences planning for and going on your first Disney cruise. So thank you so much for sharing that with all of our listeners out there. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This is a bucket list check off dream come true. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime I can talk about Disney, right? <laughs> I think I think my people that I work with are so sick of me talking about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media as our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show. If you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience, Experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.